When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have our usual Friday look at the wheat and canola markets. This week, good news. Grain prices are on the rise again. Conexus launches a high-tech challenge to, de- to develop new high-tech products. The challenge will run February 4th and 5th, and we have details. Real Agriculture has a cattle market outlook with Ann Wasco. We have several features from this week's virtual beef industry conference, and the farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. Grain markets were rebounding this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says wheat futures were up 59 cents a bushel this week, while canola gained $30 per metric tonne. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front here, March canola increased approximately $30 a ton with actually the rally coming this week on Wednesday and Thursday, an increase of uh, over $50 a ton there in those two days alone. So uh, a fairly large increase and uh, potentially a return back to the highs that uh, we made on the contract back on January 7th. On the Minneapolis wheat front, the March contract increased approximately 59 cents a bushel here mid-morning. So again, similar to the canola front, uh, a lot of the games uh, came on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week. It's been a fairly strong week across the board for all of the grain markets. Uh, When it comes to the canola front here, uh, March beans have reached actually uh, the highest level since June 11th uh, yesterday. Today we're off a little bit. Uh, traders may be taking some profit going into the weekend. When we look at the canola front here, it, it really seems like we could be, um, again, going back to some of those highs. So what's pushing up wheat as well as, as canola? Well, a few things. Again, the first thing on the canola, like I mentioned, how the soy markets have been increasing. Soybean oil in particular has been moving quite a bit higher, pushed to the highest level since October 21st. Uh, There is news of another record high for palm oil futures. Plus, actually really strength in the energy markets have been helping to support crude oil now going almost above $85 a barrel here on WTI. So that's definitely supportive for kind of some of those oil seed markets. 
Traders also see good crush margins in China, tighter meal supply, and really just strong expansion in their livestock as, as reasons for potential better demand from China for soybeans over the near term. And that's, again, maybe drawing that bit of a rally for, for beans and, and supportive for canola as well, too. So what's the market outlook for next week and beyond? Well, next week, I think that traders are going to be, again, still watching, especially for beans and corn, the weather news out of South America. That's still kind of a main driver here right now. Funds are are pushing those markets higher, and that's when things can get quite volatile because as things change. So canola, I believe, again, I've said to clients before that I still see prices remaining strong throughout the winter months here, but that doesn't mean there isn't volatility like we've seen in the last couple of weeks. And then on the Minneapolis wheat front, we're seeing, again, a recovery since the lows that were made on the March contract. We did see a low of about 872 a bushel. So we've seen now kind of a rally, a bit of a recovery. I'm not sure if we're returning back to that $10 on the futures, but we are at least trending in the right direction for now. Adam Picallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. Cultivator by Conexus is hoping to initiate new startup technology companies in Saskatchewan with an early February event. The incubator manager at Cultivator, powered by Conexus, Jordan McFarlane, says a 24-hour Tech Challenge startup event will be held February 4th and 5th. Yeah, we're really excited to be running a 24-hour startup event on February 4th and 5th. It's taken place virtually, and the whole goal is that we want to reduce the barrier to entry for people who want to start a tech startup company or get a tech startup experience. There's so much cool stuff happening in software and hardware and all different industries. And this event really allows people to get a a 1.5 day experience. So we're looking for technical people, developers. Uh, We're looking for general participants and business minded folks as well as designers. So anyone can apply and it's uh, it's a ton of fun and you get to build a tech startup in 24 hours. Outline a little bit more. What kind of projects are we talking about? Yeah, we've seen some really cool stuff in the past. Uh, people have done stuff related to, you know, ag tech and uh, in the farming industry. People have done stuff related to the real estate industry. People have done stuff related to the sports and entertainment industry. It's really a wide variety. If you've identified a problem that you think a, a tech solution could uh, could solve, it's a great opportunity to just take that idea from your, you know, your head or your garage, wherever it is currently, and, and bring it to life. Who all is eligible? Yes, yeah, so anybody's eligible to participate. You get to select your category or the area you identify with. So that is our technical participants. This is typically people who, you know, like to do uh, coding. They might be software developers, et cetera. We have individuals that can be general business participants, maybe the entrepreneurial or finance-minded or just generally interested in the competition. And then also we have designers, so those who are great at uh, kind of the visual aspect and like to dabble into the world of marketing. Uh, So we feel like that's kind of the startup dream team. And they get access to expert mentors in finance, in technology, in investing, all of those components. Uh, And there's also a panel of judges and technical judges as well. What is the prize? What do you win? 
So we've got $7,000 in prizes to give away. So we're pretty excited. The first place team, which is typically a team of, you know, three to six individuals is going to be walking away with $4,000. Second place team gets $2,000 and our people's choice gets $1,000. And then every participant gets about $75 worth of goodies in the participant package. Now, this can be, of course, anything agriculture-related, but you also run an agriculture tech challenge as well? We do, yeah. Later in the year at Canada's Farm Show, we run a 24-hour startup event specific to ag tech, so it's only agriculture-related ideas. This event is open to any industry, and ag is always more than welcome. We love working with uh, with farmers and those in the industry. Well, I think the biggest thing is just that, uh, you know, we believe the people of Saskatchewan have got great ideas, and uh, we'd love for people to get those ideas out of their head and uh, bring them to life a little bit with a, a fun uh, opportunity to connect and, and have some developers build a product pr- product for you. So. We would welcome anybody interested to check out cultivator.ca or Cultivator SK on any of the social media channels. Jordan McFarlane is the incubator manager at Cultivator, powered by Conexus. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Well, it's time to talk about the cattle markets here on this Friday. Joining me for the Beef Market Update is Ann Wasco of the Gateway Livestock Exchange. Ann, how are you? I am good, sir. How are you? I am doing fantastic. <sighs> okay, uh, let's get an update on the prices and see how uh, we're making out. Well, U.S. this week, kind of a steady, steady, maybe a buck firmer in some spots at some points this week. The U.S. Uh, Southern market, 137 live in the north, kind of a range of 136 to 139. And on the dress side, kind of 218, which is pretty much the same as last week. So not a whole bunch of change there, kind of quiet and chop. Um, the, we are going to be watching for the U S cattle and feed report, uh, coming out. And right now the expectations really not much change for on feed numbers from a year ago in terms of how we start off 2022 placements up a little bit in December. It's a gas up two and a half percent and marketing's another, we had a great marketing month in, in December up 1% from the previous year. But of course here in 2022, that's, you know, one of the topics that we're talking about in terms of marketings and slaughter levels not um, holding up to expectations because of all of the labor issues at packing plants and that goes like we talked about two weeks ago both sides of the border yeah it's a big concern right now for cattle sector hog sector and alike so uh, now you mentioned the u.s cattle on feed report What, what have we been seeing comparatively speaking in canada well, and again, we've talked about this a little bit um, before too, Sean, and the same storyline carries on. Western Canadian cattle on feed numbers are very large. Uh, January 1 numbers from Canfax, uh, the biggest in, in t- over 20 years. Um, that's a 12% increase from a year ago. Uh, placements were down a little bit, uh, and that's not a big surprise because with the drought in Western Canada, the drought, the, you know, the the fall run, as we call it, started back in June, and it and it sure meant it it cleaned up sooner. So between an early drought run and also the other factor that kicked into gear in November 
in December was the fact that we started to see feeder cattle going to the U.S. So uh, not necessarily everything going on feed in, in Western Canada, but marketings were also big uh, in December as Canada ended up with one of the, the biggest slaughter numbers we've seen for fed cattle slaughter in recent history. So it was a busy year, um, but on feed numbers, I guess the bottom line story uh, from that that from, from that story is that uh, numbers are large to start 2022. Yeah, which you know, there's there's a lot of uh, re- impacts of that such a large number of cattle on on feed, especially from a feed grain feed grain perspective in the middle of Western Canadian drought. The that 21 crop very very small on the feed wheat and feed barley side. So all that. U.S. corn is required to come north. We've got a story at realagriculture.com about some of the challenges of that. But, you know, for a lot of these yards, trying to get feed grains and, you know, having some supply and some wiggle room and storage has been a real challenge in. Yeah, and you know what? I, I would urge your listeners, Sean, to, to reach out and look at that article because these numbers are are absolutely explosive in terms of the corn imports and the struggles that are going on right now and potential market impacting. So that's an important story to follow. And, I, you know, great job, you guys, for, for getting that done. The other point I just wanted to, before we forget, uh, going back and talking about some of those slaughter uh, implications that we're seeing in terms of smaller slaughter than we'd like, what's the opposite response to a smaller slaughter? Is you got those, you know, increase in the in the wholesale prices. So this week again, we saw the choice box beef price jump another ten bucks. We're up to two ninety three again, um, and it wasn't that long ago when we were talking about two sixty. So uh, that's what happens when you when you short the supply. Uh, wholesale prices go up. And then just to finish off on the price story, Sean, you know, last week, Western Canadian fed cattle prices really struggled. They they lost about ten dollars draft. Um, $7 live. This week we've picked a little bit of up, back up again, but very limited trade, very thin market. Packers are very long with supply because of some of the fodder challenges. So, you know, the range will be 260 to 278 draft in Western Canada. Ontario held on to their gains from a couple of weeks ago and they're sitting at 290. So, so good news on that front. But feeder cattle market, just talking about prices, kind of, you know, things are rocking and rolling again at the auction markets. Uh, big volume starting to move uh, after that cold snap and prices are are very strong right now on these, you know, coming out of some pretty short supplies at the end of the year. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. A few flurries ending this afternoon, then partly cloudy. Blowing snow this afternoon, wind northwest 60, gusting to 80, diminishing to 40, gusting to 60 this afternoon. Temperature falling to minus 12 this afternoon, the low minus 19 tonight. Saturday, 2 to 4 centimeters of snow, wind north 20, high minus 8, wind chill minus 22 tomorrow morning, minus 15 in the afternoon, the low minus 16. Sunday, periods of rain or snow, the high zero, the low minus 13. Monday, periods of snow, the high minus 14, the low minus 27. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 15, the low minus 13. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4, the low minus 10. 
Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 5. Normal high is minus 11, the normal low minus 23. The sun rose this morning at 8.48. It sets at 5.32 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, southwest corner again, Maple Creek at plus 1. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 26. Estevan is minus 3, Saskatoon minus 10. Swift Current and Weyburn both minus 4. Yorkton minus 10. In Regina with scattered clouds, it's a nice sunny day, drifting snow, minus 6, that's 22 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 57, gusting to 69. Humidity is 70%, the barometric pressure rising 101.7. Scattered cloud and moose jaw, drifting snow, minus 4. Winds are from the west-northwest, 55, gusting to 72. Once again, Regina, scattered cloud and drifting snow, it's minus 6, that's 22 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Vitamin A deficiency in calves should be on a producer's radar in years following a severe drought. Calves get their vitamin A in colostrum, and high nitrate levels in feed can interfere with the cow's absorption of vitamin A. Dr. John Campbell is a professor of large animal clinical sciences at the University of Saskatchewan. It's got to go through a bunch of stuff in the animal to get converted to retinol, vitamin A. It's converted there in the intestine and then eventually stored in the liver. It's stored in the liver and the fatty tissues, and the liver contains about 90% of the vitamin A of the animal, and it's got sort of two to four months of storage. So they can get filled up on vitamin A, usually in a grazing season, and that'll last them two to four months uh, uh, afterwards as they sort of can use that up. And, and hopefully in a regular year, that might get us close to green grass again. Vision problems and even blindness can be caused by a severe vitamin A deficiency. That's a pretty important one. It's an early sign of vitamin A deficiency in people as well. They get night blindness. It can also cause defects in bone growth. Probably importantly for us, it can cause defects in reproduction. And then there may be skin lesions and, and things like that with epithelial tissues affected in their growth, etc. Dr. Campbell talks about a 2017 study conducted by two of his colleagues at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine, Dr. Cheryl Waldner and Dr. Fabian Eulinger. They looked at about 150 herds in Alberta and Saskatchewan and looked at serum vitamin A levels in calves. And about 58% of the calves were classified as less than adequate. So that's not deficient, but that's not ideal. And they could demonstrate that if your farm was in the area that had less than 200 millimeters of rainfall, which is a lot of Western Canada this year, you were far more likely to have vitamin A deficiency in your calves. Dr. Campbell also relates a case that he was involved with a number of years ago. It was about a 227 Simmental cross herd, pretty well managed, really. They did most things right, vaccinated, and cows were in good body condition, etc. And in, in May, when we went out there, they had about 43 cows that had calved, and they had six calves showing neurological signs. They were circling, they were walking backwards, they were stargazing, they were kind of dopey. And they brought some three dead calves and two of these affected calves into the college for us to have a look at. When we went out to the clinic, out to the farm, rather, uh, I took 
somebody much smarter than me, our op- one of our ophthalmologists, Dr. Osinchuk, and she uh, used her fancy retinal camera and took pictures of a whole bunch of these calves' eyes, and we were able to demonstrate that they had all sorts of retinal dysplasia, so abnormal development of the retina, and that was what was primarily causing their blindness. So they had retinal detachment, they had multiple IR abnormalities, and these are all very consistent with vitamin E deficiency. So these uh, cows and heifers that had these calves had been overwintered on a reasonable ration, but basically no other supplementation. I think it was a screening pellet-based ration uh, for the most part, but there was no trace mineral supplementation, vitamin supplementation with that. And uh, there was a reasonable drought that year as well in this particular area. And so uh, these cattle had uh, very low levels of vitamin A. And as a result, their calves were born uh, with these uh, obvious vitamin A deficiency problems. Dr. Campbell provides this overview of the current vitamin A situation. We've had a significant drought with very little green grazing. We've got probably poor quality stored forages that are probably low in vitamin A as well. And so I think for most of our cow herds, our vitamin A stores in the liver will be depleted much sooner than usual. Probably the best way to supplement it is through feeding. Uh, It's probably the most cost-effective way, but obviously that's more difficult in in places where we only have free choice access to mineral or we're doing extended grazing systems or something like that, free choice mineral doesn't really always ensure everybody's getting it. So you want to monitor intakes and think about that and try to encourage intakes maybe by incorporating salt with the mineral or or something like that. Or this might be the one year where we should consider the use of injectable products. The injectable vitamin A lasts about 60 days. We had a huge shortage of it a few years ago. I think uh, they're pretty well back up in that factory in Germany and we can get the product now. So probably in those last two months prior to calving would be the ideal time to give it to cows. Uh, You might want to inject your newborn calves if your cow supplementation is questionable, but this is probably the one year where we've got to be quite concerned about vitamin A. Dr. John Campbell is a professor of large animal clinical sciences at the University of Saskatchewan. He made his comments Wednesday at the Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Like other businesses, technology has been a big time saver for both feedlots and ranchers. It was one of the topics discussed during a panel discussion yesterday during the online Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference. Chad Ross owns L7 land and cattle in the Estevan area. Part of his operation is a feedlot, and he's very pleased with his cloud-based feeding program, saying it's a huge time saver. You know, I used to come in at night after a long day's work and then work on feed sheets for two hours, getting ready for the next day. And then we went to uh, Excel and uh, used that, and and, uh, and that was a big changer because I could just kind of plunk in the numbers, but... uh, now we got a cloud-based program. It uh, records the amounts as they go into the feed wagon. It takes them off the inventory. It bills the cattle for that inventory. Uh, the billing's done. You know, as soon as the bumps are red in the morning, I can literally do my feed sheets in a minute. Whitewood area rancher Ryan Beyerback spoke about changes he has seen in the cattle business over the past couple of two or three decades. 
The first one is land ownership. When I grew up, a lot of ranchers would own their ranch, the whole ranch. And now it's where, you know, I own probably about two-thirds of what I run cattle on and rent the rest. And I know there's a wide range, like there's some producers that own quite a bit, but there's some more and more producers that own a quarter, don't own any land and rent the whole thing. And that's something that I've seen. So to me, that increases your risk because if you're renting something, you have a short-term contract, you never really know for sure how long you're going to have that land for. You know, it might turn into a longer term, but it's tough to count on that. So that's, to me, made the business more risky. Another risk is growing cost of doing business. Buyerback says the beef prices and expenses are rising, but margins remain the same. But then our margins are similar. So we've got, uh, you know, higher income, higher expenses and, you know, margins that are similar. So to me, that adds risk into it too, because you got a lot more money out there that you're risking every year. Where, you know, 20 years ago, you had less dollars of inputs. So, so I guess to me, that seemed like it should be less risky. We've had some things that have helped us manage risk, like price insurance. And I think with uh, higher input prices, we've needed some stuff like that so that we can offset some of that risk. We've improved the forage rainfall insurance. Ryan Beyerbach is a rancher from the Whitewood area in southeast Saskatchewan. He was one of the participants in an online panel discussion yesterday at the Provincial Beef Industry Conference. A massive amount of potatoes from PEI may go to waste following a Canadian ban on PEI potato exports to the U.S. The eight-week ban was put in place because of two cases of potato wart and fears the U.S. would close the border to the spuds. The discovery was made in fields that were already known to have the fungus, and those producers were following protocols that were agreed to by both Canada and the U.S. decades ago. Meantime, a big shipment of PEI potatoes is heading for a French fry plant in Alberta, about 10%. It's the equivalent of 700 semi-truckfuls load of table-ready potatoes. Minister Bobos spoke to reporters yesterday about the ban. We're working hard to reopen the market uh, to and to start with the table stock potatoes so they can go back to the United States as it was planned. Uh, but we have invested the $28 million to find other markets to uh, increase um, processing of these potatoes. Uh, there's also an initiative around dehydration. We're also buying some of these potatoes for food banks. So uh, we are really trying to find alternative market uh, for these uh, surplus potatoes. And uh, we might have to destroy a part of it, maybe something around 10%. Uh, but uh, this is our very last solution. And we're trying hard to find alternative and to reopen the market. So if the minister's projection that upwards of 10% of this massive harvest can't find a new home, it means the equivalent of 700 semis full of potatoes will be turned into waste. Ironically, the news conference hosted by the minister was focused on reducing food waste in Canada. And more on that in the Resource Report. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for Durham 
rose twenty-seven dollars and fifty-six cents at six ninety-eight fifty-five. Canola fell five forty at nine fifty-four seventy-two. Number one red spring wheat went up two ten at four twenty-eight sixty-three. The rest unchanged. Feed barley three eighty-three sixty-four. Flax fourteen seventy fifty-nine. Lentils eight eighty-seven fifty. Oats four seventy-one fifty-three. Yellow peas six thirty-two eighty-nine. And feed wheat two sixty-one sixty-five. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell five and a quarter cents at nine thirty-nine and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. Four. And now the latest livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest livestock quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moosha, 1550 at our Tuesday, January 28th, 18th pre-sort. These good quality calves, they continue to sell very well here right now. Another 200 cows run off here on Thursday. They sold barely steady here to last week. Most of these good cows, 68 to 75. The odds sell a little higher than that. Here's what happened at our Tuesday pre-sort. 33 little red and black steers, 526 at 224.75. 62 red and black steers, 658 at 212.75. 713 reds and blacks at 202. And 787 weight exotic steers at 190. 82 and 75. 82 little red and black heifers, 523 bring 199 and a quarter. 599, 91 rate red and black heifers at 184, 75. 66 good tan heifers. Mostly them come from Roy Smith at Park Bay and wade back out of that milestone country. 678 at 184, 75. These plain to medium and shorter frame cattle are being discounted. So bull buying season is upon us. Stay to these better end long-bodied, good-haired bulls. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices for today. This is both Brandon Moose Jaw Plants, 174.50 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bobo has announced 18 semi-finalists to find new solutions to food waste in Canada. Every year, the Agriculture Ministry says over half of Canada's food supply is wasted, and nearly $50 billion of the wasted food is avoidable. The federal proposal is focused on technological solutions to food waste to extend the life of perishable food and transform food waste. The 18 semi-finalists span a wide range of areas, including green chemistry to create natural additives, edible coatings, or bioplastics. Each semi-finalist will receive $100,000 and move on to the prototype development stage of the challenge. Over the next eight months, semi-finalists will build or complete an existing prototype of their technology and report on the effectiveness. A total of six finalists for the novel technology streams will be selected, each receiving an additional $450,000, with finalists competing to win one of two grand prizes of up to $1 million. Of the 18 semi-finalists, there are three from Alberta and one from Winnipeg. The remainder are from eastern Canada. On the markets, the TSX is down 360 points to 20,697. The Dow has dropped 110 points to 34,605. Oil has declined 71 cents to 84.84 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 24 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.72 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you've missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. 
brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.